Frantic Nerdcast, hosted by AJ and Brock, talking about all the nerdy things that you want to hear about. Let's get into it. Hello, people. How are we going on this fine podcast listening day? Uh, I am AJ. And I am Brock. And we have another special thing to do. As of our last episode, we had a, a guest. Well, guess what? We have a secondary guest. Doubling down. Uh, we have the lovely Zachary with us. How you going, mate? Pretty good yourself. Uh, we're good, thank you. Good. And um, I guess let's do the normal thing of give us your nerd credentials. Uh, my nerd credentials. So basically... Started from a young age with video gaming, with the Sega Master System was my first console. We're going uh, all the way back here. Yeah, <laughs> right, right the way back. Uh, the game that actually got me into it was uh, Wonder Boy 3. Um, What's Wonder Boy 3? Wonder Boy 3. So you start out as the final form until you meet this uh, a variety of dragons, but the Master Dragon effectively uh, curses you and you become um, different characters throughout your journey towards returning back to being a human knight. Uh, collecting different weaponry and things along the way. So, what was this on? Uh, Master System. It's been re-released on the Nintendo Switch, which I had to go and buy when I found out. I don't <laughs> think I've ever actually heard of that game. Yeah, when you first said it, I'm like, is it like a cheap Astro Boy of some kind? Or? Uh, <laughs> but no, it sounds way different and it sounds pretty awesome for yeah, a concept. Pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, like it's um, very much like the old Mario games concepts where it's like just a flat world where you're running left and right, yep. jumping up and down through different mazes and different bits and pieces. But, yeah, it was uh, lots of fun back then and... Remember, always trying to remember the uh, password safe codes to uh, get back to certain levels and always forgetting where the piece of paper was. So I had to start from starting. Oh, up. that was one of those old games where you used to give the code, to, like yeah. it was a cheat code to get to a certain yeah. level because mm-hmm. I had no save capabilities. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, but then, yeah, so moving on from that, just passed through different consoles, like the 64 with uh, like Zelda and Pokemon Stadium at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then God, I love Stadium. That was such a good game. <laughs> Stadium 2 awesome. was peak. I don't think I've actually played Stadium 2. I think Stadium was the only one. I was too hooked on Stadium. Was Stadium 2 on 64? Stadium 2 was on 64. It was a dual-coloured cartridge. So it had, I believe it was gold and silver because it was for the gold and silver generation Pokemon. Because yeah, yeah. uh, they had a, a little adaption thing. You could plug your Game Boy and yeah, use correct. your Game Boy characters. Yeah, so you could use yeah. your own characters. Yeah, and it was much the same as Pokemon Stadium 1 with um, mini games along the way where you would use Gen 1 and Gen 2 Pokemon in it. Uh, and then, based, but basically now into my later years, I uh, nerd away with uh, tabletop wargaming, pr- uh, primarily Warhammer, uh, and then a variety of anime. Uh, I am, what, 1,100 episodes deep into One Piece. Um, just watched the current episode. Um, 1,100, so you've reached the end of season one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so deep into shows like One Piece, I've watched uh, Naruto and Shippuden the whole way through. Uh, currently also making my way through Bleach. Oh, so, Jesus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a sucker for punishment. Hardcore. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and we highly appreciate it, and the crowd appreciate it. Thank you, crowd. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we start with anything else, we uh, had didn't have any of this planned, but as yesterday, as of recording this, yesterday was Super Bowl mm-hmm. Monday in Australia or Sunday in America. Yep. The Deadpool trailer came out. De- I... Oh. It was amazing. I, I, I didn't sort of do any... I, I watched it. I didn't take any notes or go into depth of it because I was just trying to digest what I just watched. I, was at, <laughs> I can't fucking wait. I was at work and I, I reckon I looked like the uh, the meme of Randy Marsh when he got the computer and it's all just cut and come everywhere. That was, that was me. I, I, yeah, incredible. The fourth wall broken immediately within the trailer and everything. I mean, 
just straight into, hey, this is Deadpool. I, um, <laughs> one of the things someone noticed is the trailer came out in February mm. and the trailer starts with a happy birthday and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. And Deadpool, the uh, he appeared in, I think it's New Mutants number 98 or something like that in February. Oh, right. So February is actually his birthday and the trailer dropped in February. Oh, nice. So everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so a very, very nice connection to yeah, it. But um, look, that, it's awesome. Um, and I think apparently some of the other spoilers that I've seen, the um, like Easter eggs I've seen, uh, the when he's on the ground at the, at the end when Wolverine mm-hmm. Shadow comes over him, uh, there's a comic on the ground yeah, next yeah. to him. It's Secret Wars comic. Yeah. Um, and everyone knew it from the set photos, but in the background, in that scene, the big thing that's behind him buried in the ground, that's mm-hmm. the 20th Century Fox logo. Yep. Um, and then everyone reckons that the Wolverine sitting, sitting playing poker is Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, really? That's that's the big fan theory. That'll, that, that'd be pretty awesome. Daniel Radcliffe, what, what he's it, the one with the patch. Yep. You've probably seen pictures of him in the white suit with a yep, patch yep. over his eye. Yeah. So because they've announced like it's Deadpool and Wolverine is the movie now, do you think um, they're going to have another trailer which would be full flip side, like more focusing on Wolverine? That was my thoughts. I don't know. We were talking about this before we started recording. I don't want another trailer. I don't want another one either. I have no doubt they'll do another more. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought if, they, if they're going to do any more, that's all that I'd want to see additionally. But my preference would be, as you guys said as well, I don't want to see another one. I'd rather them leave it there and then just the movie come out. Yeah. That'd be so much better. Oh, and one of the other Easter eggs, apparently, someone spotted, is when he, when you're in the TVA and the elevator door <laughs> opens and there's a whole heap of people doing work and stuff like that. Mm. One of the people in the background looks like Timely. Oh yeah. Which I don't know if that was a pre-court case, after court case decision. Mm. So whether they'll go back and sort of remove that. Who yeah, knows? okay. I, I didn't pick up on it, so I'm going to have to go back yeah, and have so a like, It's like he's well. right in the background and it's just the hairdo looks like Timely's hairdo, mm. just talking to like another scientist sort of okay. thing. But then the questions are like, what TVA is it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's a given with how it sort of came through um, with the guy leading it and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I don't think it'll be a what TVA, but a where, when TVA. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I mean. Um, but other than that, it looks fucking sick. Mm. Just... Yeah, it looks amazing. I do have a question though, because I'm not that well versed with the Marvel history. Mm-hmm. So, like I, MCU or comics? Comics. Yep. And more so, yeah. So, is the Wolverine that will be in Deadpool Wolverine, I know it's Hugh Jackman, but is it going to be the same Wolverine picking up from the X Men movies, or is so it going to be the, only judging off the costume? Is the rumor is everyone thinks that the Wolverine with the yellow costume is. Uh, the Wolverine with the yellow costume is going to be the 1998 cartoon Wolverine. Right. Is what everyone's believing. Mm. Yeah, so one other uh, theory I've seen behind that is that it could be the um, the Wolverine that was seen in Days of Future Past where yep. they got trapped in, like you see that heap, like the comic um, piece with Wolverine. He's got the big, like, screen piece head piece over his head and he's wearing nothing but a mechanical loincloth so they, they they've said that it could be a progression of that wolverine oh the as weapon well. x weapon x yeah yeah weapon x wolverine that's the one where he's got the metal metal thing over yep. his head yep hmm. um that's that's from like um when he first goes through the program yes which in the comics 
Deadpool and Wolverine are in the same program. So Deadpool's yeah. actually a weapon. I think he's like weapon 19 or something like that from memory in the car. I don't know. One of the, one of the numbers. He's one of the hmm. things like X24. She's weapon X20, mm-hmm. number 24 is the, in the comics. Yep. Um, so the other rooms are she's going to be in it. Yeah, I've seen them a while back, um, which would be awesome. Electra is meant to be in it. Um, Jennifer Garner's Electra from the Daredevil <laughs> movies. Okay, so we're expecting it to be fairly cameo heavy. I re- but I reckon it's going to be very in-your-face, laugh-out-loud cameo. Yeah, sure. And surely he's going to like be like, like fucking um, Ben Affleck's going to be Daredevil. And he's going to be like, you know, Netflix Daredevil so much better or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I reckon. yeah, okay. Or some reference to uh, his Batman appearance. Yeah, oh, 100%. Because yep. yeah, well, yeah. um, they did the... Um, in number two, didn't he do a, a DC reference? Oh, I can't with, remember. Um, it's been a while since I watched it. With... Um, oh, no, it was Marvel. Oh, he did the, no, he did, the, he, did, he did the Lantern reference. Oh, he did too as well. Yeah. Um, called him a purple thumb or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And then in the first one, they had the reference between um, McAvoy or Stewart. We have prefer oh, yeah, 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 take yeah. you back of our Stuart. The timelines are yeah, so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that is uh, the Daredevil trailer, which we're all very excited about. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It doesn't give anything away in the movie. I no. Think. It's a perfect teaser trailer. Oh, Just 100%. gets you fucking super excited. <laughs> exactly. Very, very good. Um, and the other thing I wanted to briefly chat about was Halo dropped. Yes. Episode one. Have you watched Halo yet, Zach? No, I've... Never, I've played Halo very rarely. Yep. I've all been a uh, PlayStation uh, console gamer throughout the, the sure, time. So sure. I've only really played uh, Halo at mate's house growing up. So haven't watched the TV series and don't really know much about the background. Don't need to know much about the background yeah. to watch the show because it, it's it's um, separated enough to be its own thing. Like I think being involved with the games younger and whatnot for me, it just gives a nostalgic pull to it. But separate separating that, it's still just a great show to go and watch anyways. Um, just that it's, sci-fi it's, space. I personally believe if you're not a player of the games, it's perfect for you. Yeah. Because it doesn't follow the games. Correct. Um, I think- and that's what a lot of the game fans are pissy about because you're not nerds to fucking like me. <laughs> oh, my God, he took his helmet off. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because in the games, Master Chief never takes his helmet yeah, off. Yeah, no, that was uh, one of the biggest um, flaws and criticisms that some of my mates that had watched it said about it. Oh. Like, don't watch it. It's not that great. But it's, they were hardcore Halo gamers. It's <laughs> a joke. Like, it is – the first season – is fantastic. I really, really enjoyed the first season. I had no gr- – like, my – I had one, sorry – I had one major gripe with it. <laughs> We're back to this, are we? Yes, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, there is a side character, this chick, this young chick. He finds her in the first episode and her story and his story are not at all fucking intertwined. And she is so fucking pointless in the show and she's just annoying as hell and it they should have just wiped that whole story from the show and just focused on the whole Master Chief, UNSC, all that kind of stuff. Thankfully, they haven't really focused on it in season two. There's only two episodes out so far. She appeared at the end of episode one for like two seconds. And I'm watching episode one. I'm like, yes, she's not fucking in it. This is so good. Yes. And then all of a sudden I hear a voice. I'm like, fuck. I was honestly waiting for you to send me a message. (laughs) Um, But... I mean, 
I Without saying too much yeah. further about the, the two episodes, definitely go back and watch season one. It's a great watch. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to be able to sort of picky, pick up where season one finished off and go straight into season two, it, yeah, it's awesome. And just from the trailer for season two, some of the stuff they've shown in the trailer, it just looks like it's going to get fucking intense as hell. Definitely. Because this is kind of the first season was kind of like just giving you Master Chief's background, really, and kind of making him a bit more human so you can... Because one of the things people don't understand that are gamers and comic book fans and all that kind of stuff is mediums are different. Like video game medium is vastly different from film medium. So like video game, essentially, yeah, there's the cutscenes and they're like the expo- 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 exposition, exposition dump. There's like the, this is a bit of the story. And then you're playing the story after that. Like it's, you're doing the story. Whereas in a movie, you can't do that in a movie. Yeah. And in movies, if you do, uh, if you do dumps like that, it's just so in your face and just ruins everything for, for people that watch it. And then also you've got to consider when you're making a series like that, that it's a business. They need to make money. So they need to appeal to a wide audience because the game, the gamer community is like, 2% of the people they want to watch this. So they need to appeal to everyone. So they need to actually put some story in there and some emotional beats that you connect hmm. with those characters. Yeah, they and need to put in some side characters as well and side stories to build upon the, through the thing and, yeah. and, and whatnot as well, don't they? Yeah, they need to put in good ones that have relevance. <laughs> I think she'll be a bit more relevant in this season. But, we will, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so, I, I don't mind. I, she was annoying, but I don't... I think she was annoying to me because she did fucking nothing. All she did was whinge the whole time. <laughs> so hopefully it gets better. Yeah. But um, it's good. Watch it. I recommend it, Zach. Go for Excellent. it. Hopefully, it. Well, the only, only experience I have of watching a movie or adaptation from a video game was Warcraft. Uh, and I liked Warcraft. No. Nah, I liked nah, it. I, I will be that little gamer nerd now. And no, nah, I just couldn't stand it. The... When there's such a rich storyline there to follow, make tweaks, make changes like you said where you need to, but no, change, yeah. completely, <laughs> completely changing characters. But see, a fun fun fact about that. Well, number one, it's directed by David Bowie's son. That's that's just a fun fact for you. Number two, <laughs> that movie wasn't targeted at walk at, no. at us. It was targeted at the Chinese market. Yes, no, I, I knew I knew that because that is the majority of the Warcraft players. Yep. So they deliberately wrote that movie. To appease the Chinese audience. Did, there you go. Did you know that the Chinese uh, servers actually have tweaks to the game, such as when normally in the game when you die, you turn into a skeleton on the ground. In China, you'll turn into other things like a loaf of bread. <laughs> I'm guessing that's because of their, <laughs> yeah, their internet yeah, rules. Yeah, because yeah. of the internet rules. Yeah. But the, there's change like that throughout the game. So, yeah. That's, um, that's the that's, Chinese market. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've... I briefly played when World of Warcraft came out. I briefly played it. I think I got to like a level of fucking 11 or something like that. It's like over 100 now, isn't it? No, there's been level squashes and things, but I don't play it now because basically I've got at the point in life where I, I want to play it well. Like I still, I still have the urge to play it, but I want to play it well and play it properly, but I don't have the time to do that. And so therefore like it's just too big of a time yeah. to play anymore. That's kind of why I didn't, I stopped playing. It was just way too time. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, there was a time when I was like at my peak of playing it. Like I was raiding four or five nights a week from like seven o'clock to 11 o'clock and like yeah would not go out during the day because i had to like grind gold and and like materials to to raid that night so you know you you, i was 
yeah, r- real nerd he- heavy then. <laughs> See, I was always, I was always a fan of the RTS Warcraft, like one, two, yeah. and three. Like they, that's my Warcraft. World of Warcraft is a Warcraft to me. That's just it is not Warcraft. World of War- Warcraft is controlling little peons to go chop some wood for you. You build your barracks, then you go fuck up some humans. <laughs> Job's done. That's it. <laughs> Job's done. <laughs> Did you ever play the old old RTSs? Uh, I don't know which one I played, but I know I sunk my teeth into one of the Warcrafts. Um, did it have? Uh, did you have like a leader that you controlled as well? Nah, I'm pretty sure it, it was when it actually. Uh, yeah, I would say it would probably have been two. Two yeah. was probably the most well known and well most well played. Mm. Three is when they started to really expand on it and. Mm. That's when they to, added like yeah. cutscenes and sure. all that kind of shit to it. Yeah. it? Either yeah. way, sunk some time into it over the course of about a month, and then um, just didn't go back to it. To be honest, that's fair enough. We used to play it at school. Yeah, right. We used to have like a like you um, set up a network in our yeah, computer yeah. lab, yeah. and we like lunch times you just go in there and you set up <laughs> networks and play that. And then we had this little fucking two D tank game where yep. like you're literally like a little square with a turret, and you yep. just network all twenty computers, and everyone's <laughs> twenty computers running. Around. <laughs> it was great fun. Uh, kids are so spoiled these days. Yep, they don't know how good they've got it. We had to play fucking eight bit games. To be fair, 8-bit games were awesome. They were, they were. (laughs) Uh, And before we get onto the main subject of today's podcast, there was one other little treat, or there's two treats. One I don't really fucking want to talk about. The other one, let's talk about it briefly, and then another episode we'll talk about it more, because I'm sure you've watched this one, because we've talked about this in a previous episode, and that is Kingdom of Planet of the Apes. The trailer dropped. I've been holding off on watching the new trailer. You haven't watched it? I haven't watched it yet. I've been holding off, because I wanted to get... I, yeah, I watched the Deadpool one, then got distracted by some other things, and then seeing that that was there, I'm like, I want to sit down All and watch right, that we'll, one. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that next episode. So if you want to hear about us talking about our thoughts on that, mm-hmm. come watch the next episode. All I'll say is it looks like it's going to be fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that dropped, which we don't need to talk about it more than me mentioning it, was the fucking trailer for the Twister remake. Uh, I'm sorry, but you mean Twisters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was a remake at first until I saw the, the sneaky S. At the Why end. do we need another Twister movie? I don't know. Why? Something to do. Why not? Why? Why not? The first one <laughs> wasn't that great. But yeah, when so, was that one? Like late 90s or whatever? Oh, fucking, Early 2000s? I can't even remember who was in it. Was it... Um, uh, it uh, I want to say Helen... Pierce? Helen, Pierce Brosnan? I want to say no, Helen Hunt. I think I'm wrong. Because... Oh, I think... Yeah, no, I think you uh, might be right. Helen Hunt, yeah. I want to say Helen Hunt and... I can see old mate's face. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton yeah, was in it, I'm pretty I sure. I want to say that's right. I'm pretty sure Bill Paxton was in it. Because um, I think you're thinking Pierce Brosnan because uh, Dante's Peak came out yeah. at the same time. We had a run of like a volcano with yep. Tommy Lee Jones. They all came, We had like a run of disaster movies that yeah, came out over sure. a certain amount of time there. So I'm pretty sure Bill Paxton, we got Zachary looking it up for us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bill Paxton, am I right? Hold on. It's only showing me Twister's information. <laughs> it's the forefront of information. I mean, it's uh, yeah. the biggest release. <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, and Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. Oh, oh there you oh, go. Yeah, he was, like he was the nerd. He, he was the nerd in yeah. the back making the um, the little Pepsi drone. That's right. Things, yeah. they're, they're in the trailer, the little drone things. Those yep. little they make, yeah, the ping pong balls with the Pepsi cans on them. Oh, really? They're nice. in the trailer. So it's got some form of cotton. Uh, look, I've seen it was there. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother watching yeah, the trailer. No, I just, I, if, if When the movie comes out, I'm, I will probably watch it. But for now, I'm not too fussed. That's, 
that sounds about fair in my opinion. Well, well, okay, so while we're just briefly touching on trailers and whatnot. Oh, here we go. Well, you've seen that Knuckles came out as well, the I TV com- series. I completely forgot about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hang on. Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, yeah. So, like the no, movie, so the they're doing Sonic Knuckles? Sonic 2. Knuckles is getting his own solo series, okay. which I had no idea this was happening well, at all. No, so I picked up on it a, a couple of months ago, but then, yeah, they've dropped a trailer for it as well. It's a, like... It seems, yes, based around Knuckles, but it'll be heavily with um, Sonic and Tails in it anyways. But anyways, yeah, that's another one to talk about in the future. In the trailer, yeah. <laughs> I look um, forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks fucking amazing. Can, cannot wait. Um, well, let's get on to our main subject for this uh, episode. Gaming. Gaming. That's right. So, uh, since we have Zachary with us... Um, he is a massive uh, tabletop wargaming nerd, and uh, me and Brock like to think we are also semi-tabletop <laughs> gaming nerds. Uh, we haven't really talked, touched much on uh, tabletop wargaming no, in too much, the just previous briefly. episodes. We've sort of semi-talked about it. Uh, so we thought we'd uh, jump on it in this one. First thing uh, we want I want to talk about is to hammer or not to hammer. <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how big your wallet is. That's it. So <laughs> for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about or you are new to Wargaming, uh, to Hammer, I'm referring to, of course, Warhammer by Games Workshop. Warhammer is uh, Warhammer, Warhammer 40K, all games released by Games Workshop, uh, is the Mac Daddy of the monopoly of the Wargaming world. Hmm. They are, they've been around since 90... I think the Warhammer came out... Um, Doing an article for the website on this, so I've researched a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. But I believe the first game came out in 1983 or something like sure. that, the original Warhammer. I believe so, but then you'll also find there is lore and like story that was released before that. Because it was a, they were a RPG company yep. before they started. Okay. Uh, uh, it was started by um, Steve Jackson, but not the Steve Jackson that made Munchkin. And Steve Jackson games. It's mm-hmm. another Steve Jackson, and another guy. And they used to do um, choose your own adventure books oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, if you go, if you follow Gorilla Miniatures on YouTube, he's played a couple of them. It's like a Witch Mountain or something like mm-hmm. that. It was one of them. Um, then they got into the miniature market with Citadel Miniatures, and then they released Warhammer Fantasy Battles, which mm-hmm. was their first game. And then about five or six years later, I want to say they released Warhammer 40k. I want to say it's longer than that, only because of the additions that were released between Fantasy and 40K. Um, I want to say it's longer than that, but I'm, off the top of my head, I don't know. It's highly possible. Um, there is a YouTube series which the name escapes at the moment. I'll yeah, have to, I have I'll, it. Uh, so Warhammer Fantasies was 1983 and Warhammer 40K was 1987. So only, five, only four years there. Right. Um, so, yeah, so essentially... They've been around since 83. They're kind of like, uh, for those TCG players out there, they're the Magic the Gathering of Mm. Wargaming. Um, And they're still going strong today. They are still the big daddies of it. Well, they've just, they've released their 10th edition within the last um, several months, which is obviously doing doing the rounds again. I think they got released in quarter three last year or thereabouts. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I've only played Edition 9. Yeah, <laughs> and so, I've only played a couple of games. So this is the question. Like, what we've got you here, Zach. Like, you've, you're a big Games Workshop player. Yep. Yeah. Um, would you say Games Workshop is worth it? Or should people try other other games? The, the rule set is on a whole really worth it obviously it gets it can get skewed quite quickly when you start playing competitive play 
um, because there are those power games out there that will min-max units, take the cheesiest builds and um, the tricks they possibly can, which can make it unfun when books are released where one the new army is obviously uh, at a higher power curve than the existing armies. Um, but overall, yeah, like it's it's always been a fun game. I've been playing it since I was about 10, 20-odd um, years later still playing. I've had gaps here and there, but... Um, yeah, it's always good fun to push models around, roll dice, and um, have a bit of have a bit of fun with your with your mates. Um, yeah, often, I, often with a beverage uh, close close by. <laughs> I think I started playing at fuck me. Uh, f- I played forty k. I was never into fantasy, but I played forty k. I want to say fifth edition, maybe or fourth. No, actually, I remember I got a at a market stall. I found a copy of the starter set for second edition which um, with like all the minis in it and stuff, the rule sets. And I was too young to actually understand what the game was. I was just fascinated by the miniatures. Um, um, yeah, I was fascinated by the miniatures and all that kind of stuff. I didn't understand the game. And then when I actually got into it, I uh, started playing, I think it was 5th edition way back in the day. Yeah, I think I started getting into 40K at the end of 3rd, start of 4th. Walked into a games workshop and didn't really know what it was and... Saw some models and... And he never left. Yeah, basically <laughs> spent spent many a school holiday um, in there from open to close. Um, but yeah, so f- uh, second edition, I believe, would have had cards that came with, like magic cards yeah. that came with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that second edition had a recent revival at my local gaming club uh, a few years back and everyone was uh, b- uh, busting out all the old school models, <laughs> the very uh, static pose miniatures they were back then. Uh, but yeah, a- as they've gone on, every edition obviously has its uh, positives and, and negatives. Um Currently, I know I said I haven't played 40k since about maybe sixth edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically dropped it and went primarily to their fantasy range. Um, but I know a, a lot of gamers that I play with start, have started to dabble back into 40k. So I think the current edition is a lot better um, because 40k at one point, as Brock alluded to earlier, was the biggest wallet usually won because you could afford to buy the newest, biggest gun. Mm. Um, and walking past tables where the models are bigger than you know. They're half the size of me, and I'm, you know, tall, tall <laughs> lanky lad. Um, it just never looked that appealing to me because it was just like five giant models on the board, and that was it. It took away from the aesthetic of, you know, having an army in front of you. Yeah. So, from that perspective, have they shifted the rules to more so push for building an army again, or is it still one of those things where you can walk in with, as you said, five big ass models? Because I know there are. Um, like several rule sets that I've gone through on other games where it actually says you can only take one of X and because of this, you then have to fill it with so many infantry units and whatnot to build it up so that you do, you're forced to have <clears throat> to have an army rather than, as you said, five tanks. Yeah, they've always had that to a degree with like the, in 40K, it's called the force organization chart. So you've got to have your HQ, you've got to have your two troopers and then you can go from there. But I think over time, obviously, because the lore is so rich with all these great-looking tanks and, mm. and titans and things like that that people wanted to inevitably get them into the game. So they have, and there's there's different rule sets that's made, you know, obviously things aren't as quite as powerful as um, the lore would state them to be. But, yeah, they um, have tried to change that. And I know in Age of Sigma, usually it's mission-based. So if you want to be a competitive gamer, normally now um, in Age of Sigma, I could run... I have three giant greater demons on the board, but I'm probably not going to win that much because I don't have objective control and map control where I need to. Sure. So I can be outmaneuvered by um, the opposition. So can't really ex- expand on that for current 40k because yeah, sure. I haven't played it and looked into it that much. But um, 
but yeah, I think they're, they're moving down that road as well with, uh, with missions and having a stricter force chart so you have to sort of take um, more of your chaff units to unlock your, your, your bigger stuff. Sure, sure. So I, I suppose, again, the naivety around um, 40K and whatnot, but watching a fair few of um, Gorilla Miniatures videos when they released the new 10th edition, he yep. sort of did several videos around that. Mm. I agree with what you're saying around like those missions and whatnot and having missions very prevalent through it. it. It seemed like it was very mission heavy or objective and goal heavy as to what they were trying to achieve, which um, I suppose that, that sort of touches on what you were, what you were saying. I was saying and, and that is an aspect of most tabletop war gamers. Mm. War games have mission heavy focus yep. to it now, but that's one of the things, yeah, with, um, with 40K at the time, that was quite interesting for me back mm. in the day. Um, and then, Moving to fantasy became um, there were missions there, but it was more tactical based and things like that there. So the the tactics of um, like maneuvering your units and things became um, a lot more important. But now in Age of Sigmar, it's kind of a hybrid of both aspects. There, you it is more of a skirmish game, but you've got missions there and you've got a, got lots of tactics there to to try to outplay your opponents. Sure. Now we have to talk about the one massive elephant in the room for uh, any games workshop game, and that is. Price? Is it price? Yes, it's price. I got it right. Massive price. My God. Now, any game has gone up with inflation. Like, everything's gone up with inflation after COVID, all that kind of stuff. Everything raised prices. Yeah, but they went up before. But, yeah, these guys... <laughs> They're still going up. They, like, I, I clearly... Re I remember when Warcry came out. I bought the starter set for Warcry. It was $180, I think. You got massive pieces of terrain. You got the two forces, cards, dice, all that kind of stuff. Did you open it? I, I did. You I, we, silly boy. We played, we played <laughs> it multiple times. Um, but I, when they announced the new Warcry, like the new yeah. big box Warcry, mm. I was like, you know what? I'm, me and Brock like playing Warcry. Mm. I might give that a purchase. And I, they, as Game Workshop, do they announce things and you don't mm. find out the price until a week before they release it. Uh, it was 330 fucking dollars. So I, I got it, but... <laughs> I searched a lot and I got it for just over 200. So I managed to pick it up for just over 200, which I was fine with. <laughs> but even even so, like you do a comparison between the first starter box and the and the second one. Oh that yeah, they brought the out. train was and nothing even, the same. Yeah, or... like it, it's it's not as much as what you got through the first one, and it just wasn't comparable. So I have a follow up question to that. So the second biggest problem with Games Workshop with new releases. When did you get it? Because often Australia, or, or, first of all, we get a price rise straight away just because we're Australia, yeah, apparently. Australian tax. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, we get left out of orders and things a lot. So like people will pre-order it, mm. but it's already out of stock before the pre-orders. Oh, so, so, so why? But the book debarkable, <laughs> the the um the like starter sets, like everything, like the yeah. Titanicus starter sets. I think it was. I think it was Titanicus. Was oh, basically yeah, they took ages. That, for us it was to it, it. like people had pre-ordered, and it was like six six to eight months later after the release actual release date when they got it. So the the release happened. I I didn't pre-order anything. I waited until their release to actually see what you were going to get, or at least how much it was going to cost. And then I started looking around. I think I would have got it maybe six months after release. But in saying that, I didn't get it direct from Games Workshop. I got it from a, another supplier, which is the only way to get Games Workshop products. Exactly. And um, I mean, I got it so far down the track that I was able to find a reasonable price. So, yeah, th the way around this is obviously we live in a futuristic world with 3D printers. Mm. Um, GW will stamp down on that though, mainly only in competitive play. If you're playing in, in your garage, 
it's not an issue. Like as long as you and you, you mate are happy with what model you're using to say this is a Space Marine, this is a which this, is how me and Brock play. Yeah, this this, this yeah. is this is a, a, a Tyranid Warrior um, sort sort of thing. But in competitive tournaments, um, they especially if they're sponsored by GW, part of the um, part of their sponsorship requirements is that every model being used is an official GW model. I'm not surprised. Um, which, yeah. in fairness to them. That is 100% acceptable. Hmm. They are a business. They yeah. need oh, to make no, money. It's, 100%. it's people that complain about that. There's nothing to complain about. They are, first and foremost, they are a business. They're there to make money. They're not there to appease nerds. No, and that's it. And that's, and realistically, it's only, that, that rule is only affecting the, the small percent of like hardcore tournament players, yeah. Yeah. not the, um, you know, not the, the average player yeah. that, that plays the game. It's their IP. They yeah. have the right to protect their yeah. IP. I yeah, mean, exactly. they do, when they try to, uh, when they try to license the names for Space Marine and Eldar and all that kind of stuff, it got a bit out of hand and people <laughs> went, so, fuck you. So that was probably a big turning point of, of the time when Warhammer was on a steady decline at the point. They nearly went bankrupt. Yeah, they made a lot of poor decisions. One of them was the end times, which is how they ended their square-based fantasy game, Warhammer Fantasy. Do you know much yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay, so I, I know enough to, to sort of explain the gist of it. Um, basically, it was a combination of two reasons why they killed off Warhammer Fantasy with the end times. So basically all the fantasy gods came down, rescued certain people and the world as we knew it was destroyed by the chaos wastes. Um, the reasoning behind that was um, that then released Age of Sigma, which a lot of the, um, the units and armies were still there in Age of Sigma, but had a name change. Like orcs became oryx. Um, you had Stormcast Eternals. There's like these new giant humans wearing gold-plated Fan- armor. Fantasy space yes, marines. Yes, I've always called them Sig- uh, Sigma Marines because they're from the Age of Sigma and they're just space marines. Sure. Um, but yeah, so that was their premise to fix IP issues. So that way... They weren't orcs that everyone could complain about. They were oryx and different things like that. Um, the they're not elves; they're elves um, now. So I've probably butchered that pronunciation, but <laughs> you get my point. But the other thing too was for them, as AJ was alluding to earlier, was a profit standpoint mm. because at that point Warhammer Fantasy was around for a long time. Experienced gamers had full armies, full collections of the faction. So um, an example I'll use is Lisbon. So Lisbon have. Um, they're dinosaurs. They're big, yep. big giant reptiles. They've got little, uh, little skinks, um, or they've got like your, your bigger saurus and your, you know, um, your, your giant tyrannosaurus rex sort of looking guys. Um, one addition, the skinks would be really powerful, so everyone would go out that was starting to buy them would go and buy the skinks. The next edition, the skinks weren't so great. The saurus and the big dinosaurs were a lot better, mm-hmm. so you'd go buy them. But then you had the faction. You might have to go and buy one or two of the new models that got released, but that was it. So this was their way of cancelling a whole line and getting people to come into um, a new line and spend a lot more sure. money. Uh, but the problem was Age of Sigmar's release was quite bad. Um, every uh, The units got released with no point values. So basically you would rock up with, I'm going to play with this, uh, these models. I've got you know the big the big balance. So I've got all the big shiny toys and mm. my mate who's you know struggling and has only got these little things, he'll turn up and play with those and that was it. So there, there was no points. There was no sort of... Um, structure to the game um, and that turned a lot of people off Games Workshop so imagine. Yeah. Um, they've rectified that since and they brought um, like with Age of Sigma 2nd edition and, and so on have it's improved remarkably mm. but yeah there was um, decisions that Warhammer made at that time which thre- not not threatened them but like um, they, they were on a decline there in other games like um, 
War Machine and Hordes became mm. quite popular. Yeah, yeah sure. so they've got uh, Sigma came out in 2015. So you have to imagine 1983s when Warhammer the first edition came out. I believe ninth edition was the last one they did. Eighth edition. Eighth edition. Ninth edition was a um, community backed game. Oh, okay. So eighth edition. So they had eight versions and up until 2015, and that's when they decided to do the Sigma. Um, but just some of the other games before we carry on with uh, what we should play instead of Warhammer. Uh, I'm just going to list some of the classic games they have made because they've made some fucking good games. Like we do bag on them for being too expensive, mm-hmm. version, blah, blah, blah. But they made like Blood Bowl, so fantasy football, yeah. fantastic game. It's probably the best beer and pretzel tabletop game yeah. you can play. <laughs> uh, Adeptus Titanicus. That's which amazing. Me and Brock love Adeptus Titanicus. So we haven't, I've never played the original version, which eventually became was uh, had Space Marines released and then uh, uh, eventually turned into Epic. Um, I'll talk. There's a future question. I'll, I'll leave that All to right. So yeah, uh, <laughs> then you had uh, Warmaster, which is eventually small, small scale yeah. uh, Warhammer Fantasy. It's, um, it's currently uh, got a big community backing too. So um, same uh, with Epic. Yeah, a, a lot, a lot of the the Newcastle gaming group play a lot of these uh, old school games. Uh, then you had. Is there um, a Man of War on that list? Yeah, you got Man ships, of War, Pirates, ships. Pretty fun. Uh, then you had uh, an old bo- a board game they released called Space Fleet, which eventually became Battlefleet Gothic, which I personally think is one of their best games they've ever released. Yeah. Love Battlefleet Gothic. It's essentially their big space hulks, space, spaceships blowing the shit out of each other. Uh, they also released the Lord of the Rings miniature games, which eventually became uh, the Hobbit miniature game, which then eventually became the Middle Earth miniature game currently. Wasn't, wasn't bad. Uh, uh, Aeronautical Imperialis, which was uh, their uh, pretty much their fighter pilot one, which was it was okay. The new version's not that great either. Um, and one of my favorite things they ever did was they released a smaller version of Blood Bowl called Blitz Bowl, <laughs> which me and Brock have played multiple times. Yes. It was only available to start off with at um, what's the big bookstore uh, in America. Um, oh, it's just a, yeah. Barnes and Noble yeah. it was only available at Barnes and Noble so you can buy it off their website which I have they released Games Workshop did like six little mini game essentially like starter sets to get into their games and, but Blitz Bowl was one of them it was just five player teams and you get a board and it's all goal orientated so you've got cards that flip over the goals and you're trying to get those to get points but then also score goals like you would normal yep. Blood Bowl same rules everything and it was just I much preferred that than playing it was awesome uh, Bl- the but you've Blood also Bowl? and also the um, the uh, Blood Bowl team manager, the, uh, the, the card game. So I the, like the card. Game. The, they did lots of IP sharing, which is why right. they a lot of IP sharing for video games. Sure, which they've uh, pretty much said they really wish they didn't do. <laughs> uh, but then they also did a big. They had a big share with uh, Fantasy Flight Games, which was a massive board game company, and yep. they released um, they released. Two LCGs, uh, living card games, Warhammer, Qu- Warhammer 40k Conquest, which was a great game, and Warhammer. Um, I've got it down there somewhere. It's a fantasy one. Um, what was it called? It doesn't say it on it, but it was a uh, it's it's an okay game. I've played it a couple of times. Uh, then they also did like a Blood Bowl Team Manager, which is one of my favourite deck builders ever. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic game. Um, but then they had a big thing where um, they never actually said why they split their partnership, but a lot of people believe it's because they released Star Wars Legion, which mm. is another miniature game, and Games Workshop were like, yeah, no, fuck you. You're trying to march into our territory now. Yeah, right. So we're taking all that business away. Sure. 
which is what a lot of people believe. Who knows what is true? Their contracts may simply just been up. Yep. That could be as simple as it is. People, nerds like to make things up. Um, so, off of Games Workshop, what are... We can go around the table, say our favourite ones and all that kind of stuff, but some of the games that you would recommend to people that aren't Games Workshop but are still better or just fantastic war games? So... There's two. The, the first one, like when it came out, I mentioned before, War Machine and Hordes. Yeah. It was brilliant. I was actually just talking to one of my mates the other day and we look back on that year to two year time as probably the time we played the most games in that period. Well, the fan thing, fantastic thing about that game when it came out was, well, first of all, it's two se- it was two separate games, yeah. which then they're like, you know what? The mechanics are pretty much identical, so you can play a Horde army against a War Machine army. The other the really good thing... I loved about it was it was fucking cheap. Yes, it was. It it was was being the key word it, there. It was cheap, <laughs> and you had um, until the fucking creep came in. Yeah, and you had the opportunity to become like a privateer. I want to say, I was it's something like that anyway, where you uh, became like a mini spokesperson for them, and like oh yes, if you yeah, cheered yeah. around, so then you would get deal uh, like deals and discounts and and things from the that company being as well, on the so. company that released it was called Privateer Press. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so War Machine and Horde I thought was a great game because the basic mission was effectively you uh, you had a warcaster which was your like main hero, your boss man. Um, yeah, I think Hordes was I think it was called something different, but like in War Machines it was a warcaster. They had uh, essentially they were the same game, ex- and the game was you got a total amount of action point pool, and you in War Machine you would place your um, pool like your pool of action points on the players you want to activate, and they would spend those action points. Whereas Horde. Hordes would generate it through yeah. actions, and then you had to uh, your warcaster had to suck it off them at the end of the, yeah, it was kind the game. Of like, Otherwise, the, it was the like beast. A reverse. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so War Machine was like your sci-fi. You had giant robots. Hordes was like your fantasy. You had giant beasts and trolls and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it worked well. Like you, yeah, you'd have a warcaster as your central character. You would build an army around him um, or her with their traits. Um, and the basic mission was you just had to kill the enemy warcaster. Um, which meant usually you could have lots of really quick games. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Crick's Army built around a, um, what was called the Scar Bomb Technique where basically I could uh, – it was a Hail Mary shot where I could get in range and kill one of my own guys to make a like nuclear strike on your Warcaster and uh, hopefully I killed you. If not, I was usually um, up shit creek without a paddle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was a really good game. The other missions were quite fun. But then second edition came around and just destroyed the game. Yeah, it got like full model yeah. creep. So by the end of it, it was like when you first edition, like you could literally buy the starter set, which had a warcaster and then like three war jacks, which were like the robots they control. Yeah. And then essentially second edition came out and it pretty much bloated out to like Warhammer scale. Yeah, okay. Where you've just got so many and it was just the games would go for fucking ever and it was just nah. And but even then you had um like your unit sizes increased. So before like you could run units of like five or six or seven. Then, then it turned into like it had to be a hard five or a hard ten. So lots of people had to go out and buy like buy a box of models and then like throw away like half of them because they only needed one more model or something like that. Sure. So, uh, but that and then, yeah, just the, the tweaks I made to the rules just took a nosedive. And, yeah, it was also then a game where tabletop wargaming can look really beautiful with the terrain and the effort you put into the tables. A lot of War Machine was just played with bits of cutout paper going, this is a hill. This is a forest. Hmm. And it just lost a lot of its appeal that it had at the start. Yeah, okay. Um, but the other game I would recommend to people would be Star Wars Legion. Uh, it, uh, just on one last, yep. it has been re-released yep. with Mark IV, 4th edition. And it actually is pretty good now. 
take your word on that. Yeah. yeah. I said, uh, I was, I tried quite hard to sell my war machine <coughs> for basically what, almost a thousand dollars worth of stuff for a hundred dollars. I eventually sold it for $75. It was Jesus. just that hard to sell. Yeah, well, it's, it's back out, fourth edition, and they've um, now gone the route of an app, a free app for all your unit stats. Yep. So it can constantly be updated, and there's no, like, your yeah. cards go out of date and all that War, kind of stuff. Warhammer's done that too now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, your next one, Star um, Wars Legion. But yeah, Star Wars Legion is not a game I've, I've actually played a lot of, but one I've definitely watched. Again, another one of my mates is quite talented in the game, um, plays a lot on um, a lot of tournaments, and was actually went to Worlds last year in America to, to compete. Uh, but basically, it is your 40k, but in your Star Wars universe, yep. so uh, a lot a lot easier. You will pick a central character, so your layers, your Darth Vader's, those sorts of characters, mm-hmm. uh, and then they will bring strategy cards that you reveal one each turn, which can um, buff your units and your actions and sort of help dictate how you're going to play that uh, game. Yeah, we've, we've played it once. We played yeah. the starter set once. When yeah. You've got the starter set. I've, you've got the second starter set. I've got the first starter yep. set. I really like the... Um, the unit activation system in it. Yep. That's really nice where essentially you flip that card and that tells you how many units you can activate and then you get little activation tokens that you mm. secretly put face down and then you flip them over and stuff. Oh, you draw them out of bag, don't you? Uh, you can do either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, it, I really like that system. It's my issue. I It had the big issue of Fantasy Flight Games being super fucking unreliable with their release schedules and releasing products. It got quite good at one point. Um, I... At the moment, the biggest issue they've got for Legion is I think it's just hit a bit of a, a lull. So there hasn't been a lot of new releases and things. So the meta hasn't changed. So like what's been good now is what was good six, I mean, eight in months fairness, ago. the company they own, uh, Atomic Mass Games, have just released a competitive game for it, yep. which is Shatterpoint, which is a mm. smaller miniature account, better miniatures in my opinion, yep. and a better game. But yeah, like I said, Star Wars Legion's got quite the backing in Newcastle and uh, the Central Coast and you know, it's around got the lots, world. So, lots yeah. of minis. So yeah, there's four different armies you can essentially play as in it from memory, isn't it? Yeah, there's... Your, Rebels. Your droids. Droids. Your, um, clones. I want to say it's Wookiees. No, it's... Uh, Rebels, droids, um, like Darth Vader's people, um, and... Resistance? Uh, Rebels, Imperials, Clones, Droids, uh, Mauls, the Mauls Criminal Faction. Oh, like Darth Maul and Ewoks. There's a few few more there. Yeah, so there's a couple more. But yeah, so as I said, your command cards help um, dictate your gameplay um, because they're personalised around the hero that you've chosen. And um, yeah, it sort of affects them in a bit of a thematic way. So obviously, like your your Darth Vader is going to be uh, react differently to your Yodas or your Leia heroes and things Mm. like that. There's a a YouTube channel... uh, God, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Art of something, I think they, he calls himself. It's a dude with long hair. Right. And um, he does a lot of painting stuff and they have, they have a Patreon where you can get like, sure. really nice terrain and STLs and stuff like that. He create he actually created a um, an, a Star Wars Legion army of Jar Jar Binkses. <laughs> <laughs> a Jar Jar Binks faction These army. These are the, the Gungans. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it just looked hilarious. Um, I yeah I, I do like the game. I played the game multiple times. Um, it's it's a it's a good fun game. I I wasn't a massive fan of it, but I'm not also a massive fan of Star Wars. So that's also yeah. I think that's it. one of my limiting things why I haven't got into it is one I much prefer Age of Sigmar than playing at the moment. But two, this like I don't mind Star Wars, don't mind the movies, but it's not something that I necessarily grew up on. 
Um, so like the nostalgia factor of moving Darth Vader around or um, or, or Yoda around, it's it's not going to float my boat as much as it does the next person. Yeah, true. I, I had more fun um, building, surprisingly, building and painting the models than what I did yeah. playing through the game. Like, enjoyed the game. I'll definitely play it again, but I definitely had got a lot more enjoyment out of um, painting them and putting them together. Um, some of the, One of the ones I want to mention is not really a game, but if you want to play uh, like a Warhammer-esque world game kind of thing, um, I highly recommend Mantic Games. So Mantic Games essentially is the, I don't want to say poor man's game with workshop, but... They've they've got you don't um, want to say it. it's, You've said it. it's, his, it's his special cousin. <laughs> yeah, so they've they've got um, War of Kings, which is essentially their their Warhammer Fantasy battles, um, and it was actually written by the guy who wrote Warhammer Fantasy. So it's the same dude who wrote the rules, hmm. and it's a very similar game. It's it's a good fun game. One of the big things they did where Warhammer had your you had to have a tray and you had to put your units in there and mm-hmm. you just die, you pull them off. Yep. They've just kind of gone. I think that's how it was in their first edition, but their second edition they went. You know what? Fuck it. You've got a tr- you've got your units. It's in a it has to be this big on a base. Whatever you want to do on top of it, that's fine. As long as it look if you want to make it look pretty, you can have two models on there. That we all know that that tray size represents. 10 units kind of thing. Yeah, unit filling. That's, that's yeah. becoming a common thing in... Um, was a common thing in uh, fantasy, especially for um, armies that took like goblins or like Skaven where there was just hundreds of yep. models. Uh, or zombies was another great one where you would just have like a giant gravestone in the middle of your unit just because it was <laughs> easier to have that than, you know, 70, gob- uh, 70, 70, 70 zombies. Yeah, sure. so they had that. And then they also had... Uh, they had Warpath, their Warpath game, which essentially was their fi- uh, their science fiction game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had like essentially space marine people. They've yep. got the Plague, which are pretty much the Tyranids, that kind of stuff. Um, they didn't go very well. They had their, their Warpath, which was essentially a mass battle sci-fi game, but they did it more like a rank and file game. So you had movement trays and you'd have two units on that movement tray kind of thing. And then they had Warpath, war um, Firefight, which was their skirmish game mm-hmm. like Warhammer 40k. Uh, they never went really well and then recently they've released uh, Firefight and mm-hmm. it's really nice. The system's great, works really well and they are currently as of two days away, I believe, from time of recording this, Warpath is coming back to Kickstarter yes. and it is now Epic Warpath, baby. Little tiny minis and the rules look fantastic and it just it's going to be cheap as shit compared to that fucking slop that War that Games Workshop have released. <laughs> uh, and they have four factions, not just one faction with different fucking names, which I hate the Horus Heresy for that exact reason. I don't want to play Space Marines. I want to play other fucking factions. Yeah, that's... So the Heresy is, again, another big game that's quite big in the Newcastle and our local area, but it's never appealed to me. Like, I, like Dark Angels, they're my Space Marine faction. But the enjoyment of playing 40k was playing against Tyranids or playing against yeah, Tau or the Elder, it. and it was a different mechanic where. And that's the best thing about the OG epic. Yeah. Whereas um, Heresy, it's just Space Marines on Space Marines with some slightly different special rules that's and, it. and yeah. things like that. So it's not exactly, you're not versing an exact mirror, but it's pretty close. But yeah, so that's what I'm really looking forward to with more parts. Because I mean, the four faction, they've got their, uh, I believe it's, they're releasing the Dwarves. The 
Asterians, which are like Eldar essentially. Plague. Um, the Plague and their Space Marine people, which yep. I believe are called the UNSC. Or, no, that's Halo. That's Halo. <laughs> um, something. Might um, be the, it might just be the USC yeah, but or also, something like that. Anyway. You mentioning Halo, Mantic have just successfully received the rights for the Halo miniature game, which yes. they'll be doing later this year. Yes. Which I believe they've said is going to be a 28 mil scale. Yep. So it's not going to be tiny epic scale like the um, the old school one that was released, mm-hmm. which we've played once, which was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, so that's Mantic. They're great to check out. And if you want any other, if you have already started playing Warhammer or Fantasy or anything like that, I would highly recommend for anyone to go and check out Osprey Games. Do you know Osprey Games? Nope. So essentially Osprey Games are a book publish Osprey are a book publishing company. And they've in the last six years or something, I think it is, they've started releasing uh, games. So but these are all every single game they release is miniature agnostic. Meaning any miniatures you've got, you mm. can use to play these games. Uh, one of their most famous games, which a lot of people have played, is Gaslands. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, no, yeah, I have, I've like, heard of Gaslands. Yeah. So yeah. Gaslands is essentially the movie <laughs> Death Race. Is, it's this game. You go out, you buy some Hot Wheels or some Matchbox cars, you slap some fucking rockets and shit on them, paint them up, and you play with those in the thing. And all you need is the book. It comes with paper templates or you can buy the templates. It comes with stickers that you can stick on your dice for the dice that it uses in it. It's a good, fun game. It is. And it really all you is need fun. is a $2 Hot Wheels car. Well, they're $2 in Australia. They're probably... 20 cents in America <laughs> the way Australian tax works um, be a two bucks and then just you can just literally use the cars or if you want to make it a bit more aesthetically pleasing you just slap some fucking match sticks that's on there and make them look like Mad Max and you're good to go and typically anybody who's uh, into wargaming in some way show or form you have a bits box that's you it. will find stuff to put on there and uh, some of the other games they've got Frostgrave uh, you can think of Frostgrave essentially like a uh, a Dungeons and Dragons style role-playing game S- had a really drunken night with uh, a fantasy skirmish game and they had this baby. And it's miniature agnostic again. Essentially, you have a wizard. You choose a wizard and then from that wizard you pick, you pick your little offside of people and you play against an opponent. But then the game can also bring monsters and stuff in. But then all the games are campaign driven. So depending on how your characters go, how much damage they take, they may die, you may have to get a new wizard, all that kind of stuff, and it goes through a campaign. And then there's like, I think they've up to like 10 or 11 campaign books now that you can go through these whole things, you can carry your characters over. I think we played through one of them. It, it's a good fun yeah, game. It's, it's a fantastic It's awesome system. fun. And, and the, they've really Stargrave, yes. which is their sci-fi version yep. of it, and I believe it's got like two or three campaign books now. And the same guy who wrote that also created uh, Rangers of Shadow Deep. Mm-hmm. Which is actually, I think we played that. Rangers which is we played Rangers of the Shadow Deep, which is a co-op skirmish game where you always play against the game, and it's you play through an adventure book, yeah. which is just it is so much fun to play, and you can play it solo if you want. So if you don't have anyone to play with, whip the book out. You can buy the PDF, download it, print it, whatever, and then um, just play the game, or you can play it with your friend, and you each take like a ranger and some little minions that with you. Mm. And you fight zombies and all this kind of stuff. You have to find, try and find things in the books. It uses a 
deck of playing cards for uh, events that happen and stuff like that. And Fantastic it is, game. And it is a super simple um, rule set to pick up. Like it, it guides you through exactly as AJ said, guides you through your campaign. So it is simple from that perspective. But even the manic, the mechanics about your movement and your um, your fighting, so to speak, is super simple. It's two D20s, one's yours, one's theirs. Um, and then apply whatever modifiers you've got to your character and their character. Whoever wins, wins. Like, and it is that simple. Like you might have a couple more hit points than the bad guy, but let's just say it, it's it's one of those games where um, it, it's easy to die. Yeah. <laughs> and Osprey have... But it is, it is good fun. It gets that tension. They've got so many other games as well. Like I've got, I've got a couple of their books down here and um, one's called Black Ops and it's essentially modern uh, military where you play and like it's got full on these like hardcore rules about like you you kind of you're playing until you're detected and then the sirens mm. go off and then all this other stuff appears and all this kind of thing but then it activates via you get a normal playing deck of cards and you have to shuffle them and then an ace might activate certain these certain miniatures and then this one activates these yeah. certain miniatures um they've got one that they've just released which i bought the book for and we haven't played yet mm. is um essentially it's the skirmish one isn't it no it's a um imagine warships but they've just got uh, it was during Edison or something like that, one of those ones, and pretty much they he got alien technology or something, and all the all the ships now fly. So it's like an aerial battle, but it's all like warships in the air, which is a really cool concept. So I thoroughly love that. So they're they're some of my ones. I reckon you should check out Mantic Games. So they've got those. Some of the ones we didn't mention for Mantic is uh, Amada, mm-hmm. which is uh, I was going to say my, my if, you're, if you like Phantom Man of War from Warhammer, it's that, but bigger ships mm. and a fucking great game yeah, it, yeah that was going to be one of mine was armada like i'm um, getting onto the tabletop just a big a big blue tabletop throw some uh outcrops outcroppings of rocks and a few sea beasts and whatnot that's a really really cool one to play through and the scenarios that you can play um through as well are really really well built um, and they can cause some absolute absolute chaos within the game whilst you're trying to <laughs> battle through each other as well. So yeah, Mantic at uh, the Armada one is really really good fun. And not not also, to be confused with Star Wars Armada. Correct. Yes, Mantic have also done a really good thing, which I I was very surprised when I heard about it. But then I'm like, okay, well it just makes sense in this modern time. Is they now have essentially an STL Patreon on their website kind of thing with a multi Mantic Vault where you pay $15 a month, or 15 Australian a month, and every month they give you STLs. And I essentially, have, since I've backed it from day one, and I have all of the Armada ships mm-hmm. STLs, so I can print them off. Even though we bought the original, yep. original sets, I bought two armies originally, but I have essentially every army now to play with. And I'm not going to stop paying them because they keep giving me models to and play with so. and, and i think they've opened it up outside of armada as well it's like being the mantic vault they're giving you all sorts of shit <laughs> yeah so you get stuff a for lot of their games War Kings, as well. you get stuff for warpath you get mm-hmm. that there's got another sport one overpower sports yep. one um but yeah highly recommend it mm-hmm. all right brock what do you got i was gonna say well you pinch my armada but um one of the ones i was also gonna say that was really really good and has a really really big widespread amount of um games is one page rules that's that is another one. that is a really awesome um, system, which is a good sidetrack. It, it's uh, pretty much a full proxy thing, except um, people behind One Page Rules do have Patreons, or you can go on to Game Fa- No, not Game Found. 
there's another website where you can go. Anyways, Google one page rules and you can actually go on there and you can oh, get all of that. My mini factory has my mini factory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They can they can go through that and you can get all their SDLs through there as well for any of the factions. Their Patreon is so worth the money. Yep. It's I I've had it for a long time and the amount of SDLs you get is fucking ridiculous. And yeah, the the gameplay like it's definitely it's not the best game on earth, but it's it's, it's nice still and simple. Fun yeah. From from what I've heard of it, it is a good proxy for um like your 40k and yeah. your fantasy it's, where it's more older warhammer 40k yeah, so that fantasy, way like yeah. i know a lot of people that i know that have started to play it have just basically been using their old warhammer 40k models yep. to, to play and yeah they've uh they've had lots of positive things to say about the game so yeah it's it's pretty simple like um most of your units have uh like one shot kill um and there's like one stat you roll pretty mm. much two stats yeah every, every like the special rules are like common amongst all the factions it's yeah. not like there's different you don't need to learn 18 different army books That's to play incorrect. the game it's just yeah the one page and they have a beautiful army builder that they give you for free as well so you can go and create your army and yep. it prints off a list gives you yep. all the special rules for them all that kind of stuff it's 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 really good what they've done yeah and as it says, it's one page. Like they've got two versions where you've got your one page or your um, your other, which expands upon it. But your one page is literally one page of the rules for you to play. Your yeah, game. And they've got and it's really, really good. They've got uh, Grim, Grim, so they've got Grim the, Dark. They've got Grim Dark. They've got the Grim Dark game, which is forty k. Then they've got Grim Fantasy. Dark, like a skirmish version of yep. Grim Dark. Then they've got a rank and file fantasy, mm. uh, a Sigma style fantasy. Then a just a skirmish fantasy. They've got a starship They've game got, as well. They've um, got a spaceship one, yep, yep. which they're currently redoing. Okay. Then they also, for a little bit there, released like Shade Spire style game for a bit there, which I think is still on their website you can get. Mm. Um, and one of the good things, if you get the if you back the Patreon, you get the full rule book. Mm-hmm. So you can just go for, get the rules for free, which is just the one page, which is super simple, basic game. Or you can get the full rule book from that or you think you can drop buy it on drive through games as yep. well um, and it's got the basic rules but then it's also got a page of hey you can add this rule hey you can add this rule hey you can add this rule like mm. fog of war or you can add um, you have a little you have little tiny men epic style men you can play it this way if you want to play with them and yeah so the, it's really worth the coin or uh, the well, it's not worth the coin it's free so yeah. <laughs> um and yeah a couple of the other ones sort of moving away from that um warhammer-esque type games but it, just some um war games which are super fun uh right quest that is an awesome oh, I love awesome right game system where you just turn up with a bunch of minis they've each got their own card you get the, you lay it with the um starter sets you get just a paper mat um, AJ will throw up one day the board that he actually yeah, I'll made. Yeah, I'll chuck so it on our Instagram. Yeah, put it up there. People can have a gander at that, which is awesome and it's awesome to play on. Um, super, just super fun, randomized yeah, starting points through your much, portals. Yeah, you, and you start with 10. <laughs> the cool thing is you bring 10 minis yep. and then you deploy four, four. four at a time and one dies and you deploy another one in the next round and yep. it's uh, goal-orientated with a deck of cards. So you flip a card, you try and get the goals. First to seven scrap wins yep. the game. Uh, I think we played games that have gone for five minutes. Yep. We played games that have gone for 40 minutes. Yep. Um, it's so much fun. The minis are awesome. It's small mini count, so it's cheap. I think it's, I think the starter boxes when we got them, you got five minis, the play match dice, all that kind of stuff. It was like 60 like bucks, yeah. Uh, the only downside is the game kind of has gone stagnant. Yeah. yeah. They've kind of done everything they want to do with it. But they've been. They tried to do a Kickstarter, which they pulled because it mm. wasn't it wasn't getting very successful. But they've tried to release it more as a board game, yep. where you kind of 
buy the base like set one and you'll get the whole heap of minis and you buy set two and you get a whole heap of minis and a new board so, mm. so they're trying to go that route with it but yeah. um and they do bought like release some of the um almost like a campaign type thing where you get some of the bigger miniatures and the idea is that you would have a co-op to verse that like big bad so to speak mm. they did release a couple of those and i think that latest kickstarter was built around something like that and because they'd already released i think this might have been the third one they were going to release Kickstarter, yeah. and it just it, yeah as you said it fell short but no that that's a super awesome um fun game simple to play yeah, it's always fun out, rolling some cheap. dice <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly Great. cheap um and one other one which um i love playing but it uh, got a little bit out of hand when it comes to the wallet marvel crisis protocol yeah it's great. <laughs> it's such a good... I haven't played it, but have seen it played, and it looks like fun. But, yeah, the the uh, the cost to get involved was already the, the, always put me off. No, it's, it's one of those crazy. things... To get involved, it's it's um, it's um not that bad. I think the, the original box set, I think I picked it up for about 100 maybe 120 bucks, yeah. And that gave you 10 miniatures, the rule book, um, a whole bunch of terrain. All your dice. All terrain, your dice, yep. all that. So, and that was... That was quite reasonable, especially for how playable out of the box. But yeah. the problem is, is it is so good out of the box, and because it's Marvel driven for all your Marvel characters, it is like fucking crack. Yeah. And so you just want to start getting more, and then they'll release a new character. Like, oh my god, like yeah, get back. Even, and, it, and even it, then, they're thirty-eight millimeter minis, I think. Yeah. So they're fairly big. So they're juicy mm. to paint. They're yep. nice to paint. The yep. beautiful sculpts. Yes. Um. And the models weren't that expensive. Like no, they weren't. They'd release as either a single pack or a double pack. You essentially. Get a single for like twenty bucks, a double for maybe yeah. forty, depending on what it was. And I, th- I think, I think from memory, yeah, depending on which how big the mini was, yeah. like your Modox were about forty. Yep. 40 to 50 bucks for the mm. model but then some of the other ones are like 30 bucks for yeah, a model yeah, and then your sense. double packs would go from like 50 up to like 80 bucks mm. for a double pack and you get like each pack each pack you buy you get your mini you get multiple bases that you mm. put them on whichever one kind of one you want uh you get the card or, for the or character at least you get multiple of the base yeah. required so you could um you pick get of the card of the options. character and then a, a token sheet mm-hmm. which would have tokens that are specific to um objective cards that you would get in each pack so each pack had objective cards only criticism of the game is it has uh like action cards that you have a deck uh, you create like a deck of these action cards which you can play at any time to do x to like heal you and stuff like that and usually they're very specific to the characters you're bringing so you have to put a lot of effort into building mm. this deck and in all honesty whenever me and brock play we forget we've even fucking got them yeah it's, just, it's one yeah. thing that I get the intent behind that. And I suppose when, if you get like to that competitive yeah. S type thing, I get it. Um, but if you're just kicking around at home, I, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bring value to the game. Um, but yeah, super awesome, fun game to play. And um, nowadays, as you've touched on a couple of times, getting STLs and downloads and stuff to 3D print, there's a whole bunch of Patreons out there they, yep. these days where um, I tell you what, you're not going to get... Uh, Doctor Doom, but you'll get the Doctor, yeah, and he looks—he uh, resembles a certain Doctor Doom yeah. and, and the likes. And, and there's a big community who have massive sort of, community um, making cards for characters that aren't in the game. Yep. yep, and essentially, usually they'll take, oh, let's take that character, we'll convert it to this character, mm. and change some names, and maybe adjust the rules a little bit. Yeah, and you can play with that. For, and like ninety percent of my minis are three D printed ones with, yeah. with character cards that I found online. Mm. Exactly. I mean, like perfect example there is you've got um, Hulk 
who was one of the early uh, models released. Um, nowadays, you can get uh, like not for like legal within the game realms, but it's the uh, you can get Abomination. It's pretty much the same card as a Hulk, except for like maybe one or two tweaks around yeah. the wording for what it is. But they're, they're the same power, same health, yeah. same like um, role stats and whatnot to actually hit your target. So that's just an example of it. Yeah. But no, they're, they're probably two of mine that um, outside of the, the realm of that Warhammer-esque good fun. Good yeah, fun. Great. Any any other games we want to tell the people about? Oh Jesus! Like there are plenty out there. Uh, no, I'll touch on Epic, but as I said, there's another question later on, so I'll save my uh, save my Epic talk for then. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump into you, Zachary, for a little bit here. You recently went to a little convention. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So I uh, every year around Australia Day, um, uh, we uh, me and a bunch of mates head on down to Canberra to an event called CanCon. Um, basically, it's uh, just a giant tabletop wargaming fest there's tournaments uh, going around uh, I entered the Age of Sigmar tournament which had about 200 players in it which and how'd was, you go? Uh, I've done better <laughs> done better uh, considering uh, but in saying that I was quite happy with how I went can, um, as the game one of the tournament was my first game of Age of Sigmar since the before um, so did alright one two lost three the two games I lost were basically by one or two rolls of the dice so wasn't fair enough, fair enough. yeah it's deserved it's deserved so you didn't take your rig dice to this game? No, no, no <laughs> left those left those bad boys at home by mistake. Um, but no, yeah. So CanCon, yeah, it's just a giant excuse to go down, play some games, roll some dice. Um, we book out the Red Cedar Motel, uh, basically about five or six rooms between us, and we go to their uh, their community room there um, at night time and just drink a few beverages, play a few games, um, do that. Most uh, like most nights we're down there. Um, we head on to tradies um, for dinner, but, but obviously at, at the con, we um, yeah, we're just there to play games. They've got massive uh, trade stalls all throughout the um, the venue, so you can buy models there. You can um, buy accessories. There's um, you know, it's a general nerd event, so there were cosplay things. So you could buy all your Viking steins and your um, your D and D mats and lots of things like that. There was um, dice stalls, yeah, mm. everything, everything, you, anything you could ask for. Including someone uh, dressed up as a um, Death Guard uh, space marine walking around. Damn, that'd have been awesome. It was uh, quite impressive. So I've not been to CanCon before, but it's definitely on the list of wants to do. Is it a place as well where um, you can sort of turn up with not necessarily anything that you brought from a game perspective and actually try out maybe some new systems or games they've got there that they want people to try. Yeah, there are. There was, uh, there's definitely a couple of those. Um, mm. One is called uh, Dragon Dice, I believe it was. Um, mm-hmm. Some of our um, mates from our local gaming club are involved in that setup. But yeah, there is a couple of things like those. Um, Good Games has a massive stall there where you can try a few of their board games before you go nice. to, obviously they go to their stall and then purchase them for them. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, there's there's space for that. But usually, like the bulk of it is to go in, in tournaments. But there are tournaments there where it is super serious, like the, the Age of Sigma. If um, there were two spots for that tournament um, to go to Worlds in America this year, um, Legion had um, uh, something similar with um, flights to Worlds um, included as well. Wow. Um, but then there are other tournaments where, like, they're friendly tournaments. So you just you, you're there just to play the games in a in a tournament environment. But you know. You're Hope, there to have some fun. Yeah, and Ho- hopefully a a... your opponent on the other side of the table is um, not, not a, a fuckwit. Yeah, <laughs> to put it nicely. Um, but yeah, so you're play, playing for bragging yeah, rights and whoever's shouting the beer at uh, when you head off to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, that's the only reason I do not play any competitive TCGs or war games is because generally 90% of the people that fucking play them in those tournaments are fucking 
pay to win dickwads. <laughs> that is just it removes the fun from the game. No, yeah, that, listen, Magic I only really dabbled in it once and dabbled in it quite hard mm-hmm. um, to the point where I... So it wasn't a dabbling. No, it wasn't. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it was dabbled, but at the time it was not well, dabbling. I believe that's called chasing the dragon. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I quickly realised if I actually wanted to play somewhat competitively with a deck I had made, it was go online and purchase the 20 cards you needed to make the deck work, and that was it. Um, because, yeah, having to, to, to do that every expansion just put me off because of the power creep involved. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um but yeah, like I said, my experience of CanCon, um, I've played Epic there um, for most of the time, but have shifted to the last three times now of playing Age of Sigma. And I've always ha- come away with versing good opponents usually. Um, nice. I, don't, I really don't think I've had an opponent I've uh, been unhappy to play against. Cool. Um, usually by the fifth game on day two, the last game, it's really helpful to have an opponent that's got a bit of personality about them mm. um, that would, would have been my worst game uh, opponent wise is just he was a bit of a beige person mm. um, nothing really going on in banter or things so sure. I was quite tired his army had the skills and, and things to beat mine quite easily so mm. it was definitely I was pushing shit uphill before a dice was rolled um, <laughs> in but, all honesty by that point if I go I, by that point I'm going to be fucking hung over as fuck yeah. after that many days of drinking <laughs> but that's it so like by that point I just wanted some personality and you know to have a bit of uh charisma about him but he just didn't so that was but you know that was my worst experience so if that's that's it i'm not too upset no, with, with the two days of that's gaming, right so. that's fair enough. next year i'm going yep and i'm gonna go to the warhammer 40k one tournament and i'm just gonna enter my war my warlord titan and that's it just that. that's my army <laughs> just my warlord titan and let's see motherfuckers try it. let's just watch people beat that excuse me can you please show us your uh, gw stamp no, my, my <laughs> or your certificate of authentic- authentic- authenticity I, it's around here somewhere i swear <laughs> to god that's why you go on the friendly tournament. Sponsored then. Exactly. You're fine. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's my War Master one, which you know, here doesn't friendly, actually exist. I am here in this friendly tournament. I'm going to decimate you all. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, well, that sounds awesome. And it's one of those ones you've told me about it multiple times, and I've always wanted to go. And I always forget, or just it's one of those things of you tell me about it, and then it's like, oh, that's like next week. I can't afford to go now. <laughs> yeah, well, I said, like, for Age of Sigma. Um, it's basically I have alarms set for the days the tickets are being released. Sure. Um, because if you're not in straight away, you're um, basically not getting a spot. And that's for the tournament That's itself. for the tournament, yeah. So entry, I, I, I believe there isn't a, uh, a cost to just enter and walk around, but tournaments all, uh, all have a, a paid ticket you need to, to purchase. Sure. Um, and then the other aspect of uh, CanCon is always the buy-sell swap store. Yep. Um, I made an absolute killing this year because of... Um, uh, selling a bunch of my old models that I haven't touched in decades. Yeah, your uh, your war machine for seventy five bucks. No, that absolute that, killing. Yeah, that was that was last year. <laughs> no, I uh, I sold a lot of my square base fantasy with um with the release of the old world um just happening. So a sure. lot of a lot of that was uh in quite the demand. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that sounds awesome, and we'll definitely have to make it. We'll we'll go down there and we'll do a podcast there. Yeah, it's definitely set up a store. Yes, we'll do a podcast and we'll just get drunk and watch. just ramble and like the watch listen to the podcast get worse and fucking worse. You mean better? Oh, better, yeah, hundred uh, percent better. There was a store this year of uh, someone selling like uh, novelty gins and vodkas. So if you set up next to her, you're set. Yeah, there's a mo- there's a dude <laughs> we set her there's a dude screwed. down here in the Hunter Valley that sells um like potion mead. Yeah, um, one of our boys in the oh, D D group yeah. brought it. It's fucking horrible, but. I, I, I don't like mead, so it's horrible to me. But people who like mead would probably like it, but it's all done up like fantasy style and stuff. To be fair, it, it might have just been the, the setting for enjoying the drink itself. It 
may have not been that nice, but um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's a CanCon. I like for me now, it's less about the gaming per se and more about just the it's a weekend away with some mates. Well, that'd be the main reason I'd yeah, go. Yeah, yeah so like the, the gaming is a side thing. If I, if I wanted to have taken it seriously, I would have played more games before mm-hmm. um, the first game and actually trialed my list and yeah, worked on it, <laughs> um, not just build a list and painted and played it and hoped it went well. Um, but yeah, it's, as I said, for me, it's basically my big um, gaming trip of the year where I'll uh, head down there for about three or four nights and yeah, enjoy, enjoy ourselves. Sounds good. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump on to some more talk uh, about nerdy things of gaming perspective. Um, let's go with uh, what dead system would you like to revive if you could revive one? So it would have been Square-based Fantasy, but that's currently just been revived yep. um, with, with the old world. So that's uh, being re-released by Games Workshop, the... Main, it's a combination of all their old editions sort of rolled into one, so it's sort of a best of um, from what I've seen so far. Yet to play a game of it, um, and we'll probably not play just for a little bit only because of life commitments. Um, but the other system I would like Games Workshop to bring back as it was was the old Epic Armageddon. Um, yeah. I had a period of time where I stopped playing tabletop gaming um, just for a bunch of other reasons, but Epic, well, Epic is what got me back into it. Um, it's a community-driven system at the moment, which is really fun. Um, the only issue is it's a community-driven, so everyone wants to bicker about what rules need to be changed or what armies yeah. need to be changed. And there's so like three different rule set. There's like EU Epic. Yeah, there's Ep- uh, Epic UK. There's the French Epic and, and Net uh, EA uh, Epic. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, so the problem we found quickly is after playing it nonstop for about three or four years is we we knew what was strong, what was not. So we run yeah. it when we play now. We have the don't be a dick rule. Um, so basically, you need to create a list without being a dick, and um, the TOs will often. Um, you well, will AJ's be. out because he's going to turn up with his fucking Titan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn up with my 28 millimeters Warlord war Titan and put that on the table for your little tiny fucking peeps. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's a six mil uh, six mil game where you just um, play. We need to. There's plenty of uh, uh, different 3D files you can get to print um, mm-hmm. and do what you need to. Oh, lots of them. Um, and it's so much easier to paint. Uh, one of the things that's helped me stop playing 40k in fantasy time was the fact painting 28 mils sucked uh, when you're not a great painter but uh, 6 mil became paint by numbers undercoat pick out 2 or 3 details give it a wash and dry brush yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the other really good thing about Epic I love is the fact that you can have an entire army in a little, a little fucking kit. container a little red toolbox I, I did like I've got one printed out and it all went into like the little um, the plastic compartments you can just pick up your your bunnings and whatnot. and then the last model I printed I didn't even think about it but it's a little bit bigger <laughs> so I can't close the fucking lid <laughs> Uh, yeah, at one point we had a uh, different variety sizes of the red toolboxes from Budding, <laughs> um, depending on what, what army you're taking. But yeah. no, overall, I think Epic is just a, a fun, smooth system. There are a few rule tweaks that just need to be made to make it completely fine, but overall... I, I think you're going to look forward to Warp, Epic Warpath. I reckon it's mm. going to... I reckon it'll scratch the itch for you. I look forward to it. Um, kick, yeah, Kickstarter goes live in like two days or something yeah. like that. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's I'm tomorrow. going 100% all in on that motherfucker, so... I'll have multiple armies, so you'll be able to come and test it, and then you can buy your own. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the other one would have been Square-based Fantasy. You can use my army once, but never again. Uh, but yes, yeah, the, the old world has just been released by GW, and uh, it's driven the world by storm, basically the gaming world by storm of all the ex-fantasy players. Um, some of it, one of my mates was actually the first Australian Warhammer Master, um, won that tournament, so yeah, he's straight back into it. And uh, yeah, there's lots of theory crafting and everything going on in all my uh, group chats, so it's, uh, it's a great, great place to be. Well, I think mine... 
probably yet again it is Warhammer uh, Games Workshop game and that is Battlefleet Gothic it is just such a great system I love the spaceship battling and like Armada like Star, Star Wars Armada it's good but it's just fucking it's like you know dials on little templates that you gotta fucking spin around like same with X-Wing like it just annoys me I just love the rule set for Gothic was fantastic the minis look amazing and again you had multiple factions like all the Xeno factions Eldar all that kind of stuff and they all felt completely different to play like Eldar felt so much different to other armies to play so my biggest issue with getting into Gothic was I got into a mate uh, played against a mate that was quite a good gamer and playing the Necron fleet Oh, which yep. basically there's the Battlefleet Gothic rule system and then there's the Necron rule system which trumps Battlefleet Gothic. Yep. So um, that so- kind of uh, squashed my interest in the game. But it's always definitely been a game where it w- if anyone's playing it at our local club, it's definitely a game I'll stop by and watch 10, okay. 15 minutes of it just to, to enjoy it. But again, like the rules, are, you can get the rules. Games Workshop actually released the rules for free back in the day before they turned into pricks mm. and got rid of all the old system rules that you could download for free. Um, but they are on the internet. You can get them easily. And there's shitloads of people that do 3D models for them mm. that you can download. So you can print entire fleets and stuff. And you don't need many, many ships either in your fleet. It's really, really great. The system, highly love it. And I just, I love that aesthetic of looking at a star map on a table. I was going to say with that. With just those little ships floating in the air on their clear bases. Oh, it just looks so good. So it's not a dead system, but just to touch on like the uh, space battle type things, um, drop fleet. Drop fleet, yeah. That was that. That's the system. Like, it's not dead or anything, but just um, talking that sort of game. It's, it's, I thought that's good fun. It's a great. I like that they because that's written by the guy that did Battlefleet Gothic. Funnily enough, well, there you go. Um, so it's um, it's a great system, mm. but it's just no. Like, I think they had the issue where Hawk Games released it, and they went bankrupt. Sure. And then TT Combat bought the system yeah. off them, um, and it just. Never TT Combat aren't great at advertising their gaming systems, mm-hmm. so like not many people really know it exists. Mm. And it's like the minis look fucking beautiful. Oh yeah, um, the gameplay is great because it's not just space combat; it's like out of orbit combat. Mm. So you're fl- you're floating in like the different layers of the mm-hmm. atmosphere and stuff. And and like to touch on that, it like it then expands into your your drop zone, which is your um, skirmish based. Yeah. Um, like army where the you've essentially epic scale yeah exactly yeah. yeah have you played either of those Zach? uh i've seen drop zone played but yeah. that's about it it's a dabbled in in gothic but um haven't really played much of the drop zone games no they're good we, i've got we good got fun. i got plenty of armies and stuff so if mm. you want to have a crack at that we can definitely mm. have a crack at that um but then one thing from a from a system i wouldn't mind seeing come back a little bit more like i haven't been gaming for that long so i haven't seen many systems die yep. <laughs> to be honest Fair enough. but um, Wrath of Kings yes so when that sort of like I, I got the I got a, an army and built got as much as I could at the time because it was cheap as shit because yep, it was right, yeah. because it was dying because I, I backed the Kickstarter and then I we kind yeah. of played a game and then you were yeah. like yeah I'm in yeah yeah exactly I think I played, played a game with that with you, you. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I mean that's just an awesome fun system um, and I would love to see that sort of rejuvenated or revised yeah, so, that so that was to speak yeah, yeah. That uh, awesome game, unfortunately, yeah, on its last legs. So you can pick up a few models here and there yeah. from places, but it's just got no support Another great system, which isn't dead, but technically is dead because the company are fucking useless, uh, Relic Knights. So mm. me and you have played Relic Knights. Yep. I don't know if you've ever played. It's like an anime-themed one. I want to say I've 
had a conversation with you about yeah. it. I, I don't think I've ever played so it, but it, I've definitely talked it, uh, about it. Had a Kickstarter, hugely successful Kickstarter for the first edition, got released, all that kind of stuff. It's done by Ninja Division or Soda Pop Minis, whichever one you want to call them. Um, they did a second Kickstarter, but then they kind of did that Kickstarter thing that companies do where they put too much money into one project and then that like to deliver the first project, but then they've got two in the back burner and then they lost money and Super Dungeon Explorer and all this. It was a big fucking debacle. And they're technically still sending out minis and stuff like that. <laughs> like every now and then I get something from them or you can like, if you go on the website and buy something, you can get some of the minis that we've got from your Kickstarter and we'll send them to you for free if you buy, buy something else from our website. Um, but it is a sensational game. Yeah. Like, cool, like some of the cool mechanics are there's no deployment zones. So you've got a, th- I think it's two by two. Or th- uh, three, three by three, three game. by three, Matt. And then it's and just not within. I think yeah, you, six st- you of can't deploy player. within certain. Maybe I have played a game with this. Of each. Um, and then, uh, so you've all got card based. You, all card based. Um, and it's like no dice. So you get a deck. You got a deck of cards. You shuffle them. You draw them. They've got colors on them. One's a big symbol. One's a small symbol. Big symbols worth two points. Small symbols worth one. All your abilities are like you need two yellows, one green to do this ability. Mm. And your blocks are like you need this many blocks and stuff. But when you activate a unit, you that unit will gr- let you draw X amount of cards to add to your hand to do certain things. And um, to lean into the sort of anime aspect of it, they kind of – it's all your units get double movement. So you, you move, you can do an action, and then you do another move at the end of your activation. So all the minis are always fucking going all around the board. And it's just, it's great fun. And it's just really sad that the company just mm. couldn't handle money. And from memory, that was more of a, um, a pass-based um, round, wasn't it? Where you play like turn for turn until you get um, what person passes and then the opposite gets like their final turn or something. Uh, no, I think it was, yeah, it was activation. It was activation. Because yeah. then, then maybe it wasn't broken down into rounds. We haven't played in a while where um, you could get like multiple activations with your um, your units as well. Yeah, I can't really remember. Like but uh, yeah, it's a great game. Highly recommend it. Um all right, uh, we've got one more little sort of uh, mini talk thing, and then we're going to go on to the host versus uh, the uh, guest. Uh, so our last one is: if we we're going to make a game about, like a mini game about anything, what would your game be? Well, b- before that, yep. Released. We've sort of touched on a couple, like uh, looking forward to getting released and whatnot. So yep. I think we've touched on it a little bit. There was one other one that I wanted to talk about that I was um, pretty keen on its release. Mm-hmm. Or at least I was on its release um is bringing out the new fallout skirmish game oh i did i've seen a thing about yeah, that. yeah so so they've more or less they've gotten some feedback in relation to the um oh what's it called fallout um something that game was a fucking um, mess it was i i i enjoy it i play it every now and again just like sort of playing through a single like campaign mission type yep. It was built about being super like cinematic gameplay and like we're giving you a scenario to play through. And because they gave you a scenario to play through, it was always like a scenario with two people to play through. And it just wasn't it. it You either liked it or you didn't. Yeah. And that was sort of one of the things. So I think they've taken some of that feedback and then tried to make just literally a 1v1 skirmish game based within the Fallout realm or Fallout world. Um when I first seen this, read through the blurb, I'm like, sweet. Like, they've listened, they've cut it back, they've stripped it back. Because something rules were fucking Oh, heavy. There, there were more tokens than there were fucking fish yep. in the sea. Like, it was phenomenal. And then um, I sat down and watched about 10 minutes of, like, a playthrough 
that they were talking and the first bit of combat, the guy was already sounding confused and it's his game. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So it sounds like you've stripped it back in some way, shape or form. But then they're like, oh, you've gotten to here and because of you've aimed prior to making your attack, which on your stat on your card is three, but then with the one, it then takes you to six. I'm like, where the fuck did the two come from? Like, and at that point I stopped watching the video. I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this another time to see how it is. Maybe even have a read of the rules, but it just, yeah, I, I was super, super keen for it. Um, just that world of fallout and whatnot, but unfortunately not as keen after watching 10 minutes of it. <laughs> uh, all right. So if we're, if you're going to make a game, let's just nice, simple, quick. We don't have to go hardcore mm-hmm. into sort of the stuff what would what would you kind of like take what mechanic would you steal all that kind of stuff oh i didn't really when you gave me the question i didn't really go down that path of it but i guess i guess kind of did in in a sense but i would probably nerd out with my anime style and create like a one piece style of like uh dnd or like an inquisitor which was a games workshop version of dnd um style game where you can build a character with your different devil fruit powers and have your different crews and that sort of thing so like you're um not necessarily taking like uh, a current pirate faction from the game, but you, you're going to build your own sort of pirate game in that sort of world. So, so. Yeah, so you'd, you'd kind of essentially you'd build a pirate team. Like you'd yeah. get a boat, you'd build a team, your crew for it and your crew would get certain abilities. Yeah, and stuff yeah exactly. Like that that yeah. sort of thing. So like having, you know, having them all have those sort of different powers and then obviously having the, the water being as a, a legitimate threat to, uh, to your devil users. So there's uh, pros and negatives to um, taking more powers or not, not, or not taking power. So, um, yeah, and as I said, that could then morph into like I guess you just build a single character, and it's in the um, you know uh, a D um esque game. But yeah, that was something that, that I because that, that could work really because like Frostgrave essentially in like Rangers of Shadow Deep that we talked about earlier, that essentially is that kind of game where you build out your main character, and then all your other characters. So in your ca- in this case, your crew are just generic characters that you take. They have a generic stat block for that type of character. So let's say you need a mechanic. You take the mechanic and yep. the mechanic has that stat block. And then as you progress through games and games, um, through like a campaign mode, you'd potentially be adding yep. X to those guys to make them a little bit stronger in your crew or they die and you have to hire a new crew and stuff. I said, yeah, it's less of a brand new game concept and more probably of just a, a, a game new, thematic. Yeah, yep. new, yeah. I, I would 100% play that. 100% play that. Brock? For me, it's a, a very similar thing. Like, I, it's one of those things where in the background, I've got a couple of things that I'm trying to piece together around like a game concept, so to speak. Yep. But one thing that I would love to see, and it brings me back to the old anime, I would love to see a Dragon Ball RPG if it hasn't been done yet. Uh, Dragon Ball... The, um, J-Car yep. not J-Car it's a fucking electronics company in Australia <laughs> um, Jazco Games Jazco yeah so they released the Street Fighter fighting game yep they announced that they had the license to do Dragon Ball Z sure. and they were going to do a Dragon Ball Z fighting miniature game miniature game yeah it came pre-painted it was going to come pre-painted all that kind of stuff sure. it was a fighting game for Dragon Ball Z and they teased the hell out of it but then that was went nowhere four years ago now yeah, they okay. said that and nothing's ever happened yeah. so i'm guessing they lost a the license yeah sure. right like so for me i'd love to i would definitely think i'd prefer to play through an rpg of that um, yep. and just sort of play through the uh, the dragon ball dragon ball z sort of go through those sagas and whatnot i think that'd be awesome um but to touch on like the miniatures and whatnot i would much prefer to get unpainted because i think uh, I would highly enjoy actually 
putting those models together and painting them as well. See, I'm not good at painting muscles and skin tones. I'm not so. good at it, but I think I would yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> I've hated it for most of my game experience. Yeah. I'm starting to get into it, but I think that's, again, I'm more getting into it with the GW Contrast Paints or Army yep. Paint yep. I have. I believe they're called Speed Paints, yeah. yep. which effectively are a two-in-one. It's your undercoat, it's yeah, your yeah. wash, it's all, all done. So it's making it a lot easier to, to do that. I do you, I'd love to make like get all the little guys going through there and then finish it off with a big old Shenron right so that, that would awesome. have to be... They would have to be not 28 mil. It'd have to be closer to your MCP, hmm. like 38 mil, or yep. even that Games Workshop Inquisitor you were talking about, which was like yeah, 40 yeah, was huge. something mil, like that big fuck yeah, off yeah, mini. I agree. It'd have to be something like that to like get that meat in. And then also, because you're only going to be using one or two minis kind of thing, mm -hmm. you'd be wanting to move that stuff around. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, I, uh, I really, really, really want a Zoid game. <laughs> I love Zoids. I love the world of Zoids. I love the idea of getting in those big mechanized tigers and fucking dinosaurs and shit like that. So I would, I don't know what, I'd love that and I'd love it to be kind of a, a kitchen game. So like what they call like Warcraft, um, not Warcraft, um, Warcry, mm -hmm. Warhammer 40k, um, what's the kill team? Kill team. Mm -hmm. So like, so like three, four minis. Yep. Um, and it's all like, yeah, so you'd have those stat cards for your sort of Zoids and stuff. And it's all, each one is very different, but you have to work as a team. So it'd have very big sort of team dynamics of mm. a lot of building of your team stuff. But I don't know really what mechanics I would use in it, but I would just, I want a Zoid game. I've just thought of the mechanics I would add uh, if this was to become like a tablet game, it was would be Mordheim. Did you ever play Mordheim? Oh, yes, 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 Mordheim, yeah. Uh, so Mordheim basically was like um, set in the fantasy world, but like you would have like your little gangs, your crews, and it would be a um, campaign basing where you would uh, at the end of each game you'd get missions and things or characters would die. So obviously you'd have to replace sure. them or things like that, and you could upskill your things. So um, being Mordheim was always a, a, a fun game to to get through if you had the the crew could, that could play it consistently. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all the uh, that stuff out of the way. So uh, let us get to. Host versus guest. Okay, so uh, to start off with, same as we did last episode, we are going to uh, play the Blockbuster game. Now, the way this works is we're playing the head-to-head -head from the Blockbuster game. I'm going to read out, uh, so as an example, so as an example, uh, I'm going to read out uh, Movies with Cowboys. And whichever one of either Brock or Zach jumps in, like uh, Cowboys versus Aliens, etc., the buzzer will go, and, and then you have fifteen. Cowboys vs. Aliens. Then you have fifteen seconds. <laughs> that was my one. You have fifteen seconds to uh, rebuttal with another movie, and then uh, once you say it, I'll hit the buzzer. The next person has fifteen seconds. Once you once fifteen seconds is up, that person loses. I was great at this last time. <laughs> if, if you lose, yeah, it's not a good look on you. I lost last time. He lost his one last <laughs> time. So we'll do the best of three in the head head game. Uh, sequels. Uh, let's yeah, say Harry Potter, yep. all Harry Potters are Harry Potters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and depending on how hard the movie name is to say, if you don't say the full name, that's fine. Uh, you can't repeat all that kind of stuff. Okay, so let's uh, let's go through here. Oh, this is an interesting one to start us off with. <laughs> all right, so once you the first person that jumps in, the clock will start, and the next person has to rebuttal. So. Movies that begin with a W. Wonka. Wonka. 
World of Warcraft. Ten seconds. Oh, he's, he's gone stale face. All I can say is lethal weapon, but that's the start with no, the No, no, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's all that's going through my head right now is lethal weapon. Boom. First round goes to Brock, ladies and gentlemen. The hosts have the first go of head-to-head. -head. All right, now this is best of three for head-to-head, -head, so let's go with... I won one. <laughs> let's, let's try and find a, a nice nerdy one here. Uh, I can see a bunch of the movies in my head. I just can't remember their names. All, all you can see is W and a picture of what's going yeah. on. <laughs> it, uh, it's one of those games where you, you play it and then like you're like, I know all these movies, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh God, I don't know any of them. Mm. It's uh, it's very interesting. All right, so that's like uh, any sort of trivia game. Oh, oh God, we're going back. All right, <laughs> okay, we are back. This is round two of the head-to-head. -head. Uh, first person to say the answer, the clock will start. As I said, movies with aliens. Aliens, cowboys and aliens. Monsters versus aliens. Predator. Captain Marvel. Attack on Mars. Toy Story. Green Aliens. They're toys. I was really put my hopes on that one. Five um, seconds. No. Star Trek, man. Oh, Star Trek. That's what I mean. Stargate. <laughs> like, oh. All right. Well, the hosts Star have Trek, won. Stargate, the head Star head. Wars. Like... <laughs> That's a, but as soon as like you, you finish, it's like they were not in my head two seconds ago. <laughs> Brock has I redeemed was, himself from last episode. When you were stuck there, I was like, I've got Toy Story ready to go. And like, no. <laughs> you said it and I'm like, I hope he says they're toys. <laughs> okay. Let us, uh, let us jump into the next round. This is the trivia round. Okay, so now we have the trivia round. Alrighty, so we've got a buzzer system set up here and the person that buzzes in, as soon as you buzz, you can buzz in any time as I read the question. But if you buzz in, you the question will end and you have to answer. If you get it correct, incorrect, the other player can take it and I can, I'll can finish the question for them. Alright, so whoever wins this gets it. Uh, if Zachary, if you win, we go to a deciding uh, deciding question, decide who wins it all, and that's how Brock last, lost last episode. Oh, no, no you won. I won last You time. won. Hoffman lost last yeah. episode. That's right. Okay. Here we go. First to buzz in. Which popular game features armies battling in a fantasy world of Azeroth? Warcraft. Uh, you haven't buzzed in yet. Oh, it's, no, no, we've disconnected. What's happening? Uh, well, you've got that correct. Walker. My, my screen says I buzzed uh, in Zach first. Zachary buzzed in first. That is one point to Zach. Okay. Let us go to the next question. Uh, we're having technical difficulties here. Question two. What is the primary scale of miniatures used in Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Uh, Brock has buzzed in first. 28 mil. 28 mil is the correct answer. Okay. Reset the buzzers. Which which tabletop war game allows players to ground to ground? Uh, God, this is horribly written. Which tabletop war game allows players to recreate ground battles from the Star Wars universe? Star Wars. Zachary got Star that. Star Wars Legion. Star Wars Legion is the correct answer. That is 
2-1 to Zach. Okay. Let's go on to the next question. I would have accepted Shatterpoint for that one as well. Uh, all right. What is the name of the fantasy world in which Kings of War is set? Zachary. That was silly. I'm just going to say Mantic, but that's wrong. Uh, that is incorrect. Brock, would you like to take a stab at this? I'll give you a hint. It is very close to what he just said. <laughs> Five. Antic? Four. I don't know. Mantica. Okay. Literally Mantic with an A at the end. <laughs> okay, so no one got that one, so it is still 2-1 to Zach. All right. What out-of-print game system uses hexagon-shaped tiles for movement and combat resolution? This is a tough one. You'd know it if you've seen it. Zach? I think I'm wrong. I'm just Cities of War. No. Brock, would you like to take a stab? I keep going to Battletech, but I know it's not Battletech. No, that's, that's still in print. Yeah, it's still in print. Um, it, was, uh, it was released... You could buy it in Kmart, Targets, all that kind of stuff. It was a massive game. Had Marvel IP, D&D IMP. It has recently been brought back, but not as this name. It was brought back as Magic the Planeswalker. No. Heroescape. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. It came with little plastic hexagon tiles that you built all the crane out of. Yeah, stuff. no. Cities of War was a GW one where they released like map tiles and you could mm. build your campaign based on that. I think it was called Cities of War. All right. We are still at 2-1 to Zach. Okay. In bolt action, which historical conflict does the game focus on? I actually don't know the game. I do know the game. Take a stab. I'm just going to say World War II. Correct answer. World War II <laughs> is the correct answer. Almost said the Vietnam War. <laughs> Zach 3, Brock 1. Host is trailing behind here. He's got to come Very back. So. In which game... Allows players to lead fantasy armies, including elves, dwarves, and orcs. Zach? Warhammer Fantasy? Incorrect. I'll, would you like me to finish the question Yeah, here? finish the question. Uh, in epic battles and is based on a famous book. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say Lord of the Rings. Correct answer. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. That's why I worded it like that. <laughs> that is three to Zach, two to Brock. All right, next question. What is the primary setting of Warhammer Underworlds? Brock. Warcry? No. Zachary, would you like to take a stab at this? It was the name of one of the games that got one of the sets that got released. It was actually the name of the first set that got released. And then people used to call it this. It's gonna, it's Shadespire. Yeah, no. It was the name of the first set and everyone called the game Shadespire. And they're like, no, it's called Warhammer Underworlds. <laughs> All right, Zachary is still three. Brock is two. All right, we have three questions left. In Necromunda, what are the lower levels of a hive city known as? Zachary. Five. Four, oh, I'm just going to say three. the sewers, but I know that's wrong. I, can, no, I, I know the word, I just can't say it. All right, Brock. Now, you've never played this game, no, so I'm going to give you a little hint here. Uh, hive City. I would have just got oh, Catacombs. Lower level of a Hive City. No, no, no. Right. under Hive. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, second last question. Uh, Zach is still leading three to two. 
Which miniature war game focuses on battles between giant robots known... Brock? Uh, Adeptus Titanicus. Adeptus Titanicus is correct. The rest of the question was known as Titans in the 34th millennium. All right, so that is tied it up. Brock is three. Zach is three. Now, Zach, if you get this, we will do a tie-breaking question to see who wins the whole kit and caboodle. Broccoli, if you win this, I was going to call you Broccoli. Broccoli, if Wouldn't you win this, time. <laughs> you take the whole <laughs> Nor kit would it be the worst thing I've called, been called. Okay. Which classic game got a reprint which sees giant monsters and robots fighting each other? Zach. War Machine and Hordes? Incorrect. Brock. Giant robots and monsters fighting each other. Um, Monster Apocalypse? Monster Apocalypse is the correct answer. Never heard of it. It's a great game. Never <laughs> heard of it. Uh, congratulations to the host. You have won. Two from two. I, I feel ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> look, you, you, you had a strong lead there, but you a couple of questions you didn't know, and you could, you could have come back on that one yeah. easily. Uh, we will, just for the sake of it, we'll chuck this out there. This is the round decider. Uh, the hosts have one, but we'll see if anyone knows this. So let's just reset the buzzers there. Oh, All right. <clears throat> this was going to be the deciding question. Let's see if anyone can get this. What date is Deadpool being released in Australia? Brock. I've, my buzzer's gone. Um, <laughs> I want to say April 25th. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Zach? No. July 25th. Oh, I was going to say June something, but yeah, not July. Uh, but the trailer says 26th because that's when it's getting released in America. Sure. Uh, but that is uh, all we have for this episode. Uh, this was a rather long one, so if you're still listening, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it was great fun having you here, Zach. Highly no appreciate you coming. You're more than welcome to come back and talk some more nerdy things with us. Um, for uh, Frantic Nerdcast, I'm AJ. And I'm Brock. And this is... I was Zach. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.